Morning Sunshine with Jillian Bolands is a podcast for the go-getter, the visionary, the harmony seeker, and the life enthusiast who is ready to stop forcing and start flowing through life, love, and business in a way that is in alignment with his or her true self. Hosted by life coach and business strategist Jillian Bolands, this show will allow for you to energetically and logistically recalibrate through gratitude, inspiration, and powerhouse pep talks, Jillian style, with a whole lot of truth and even more love. Join Jillian each week for morning empowerment talks, uplifting interviews, and the opportunity to create a life of fulfillment by discovering and stepping up as the true you. Let's shine. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Morning Sunshine Podcast with Jillian Volans. I am, of course, of course, I'm Jillian, and I am here today and super excited because this is a real full circle, full circle moment for me. I have my mentor, Amber Lillistrom, on the podcast with me, and let me tell you where I met Amber was on her podcast um, a little over a year ago. One of my very best friends sent me, Amber, I, I know I just, I posted actually to your timeline a minute ago on Facebook, but um, one of my very best friends sent me your podcast and said, Jill, you have to listen to this. This girl is totally your jam and you're just going to love this. And so I dove right in. And that's where I had my first glimpse of you. And then, of course, you just shine your light so brightly. And I followed you everywhere else. I followed you on Facebook. I followed you on Instagram. And I know that your Instagram stories are one of your favorite things. So I just got to know you before you knew me, which was so cool. And I just, I ultimately knew that I was going to need you in my life, hire you as a coach, work with you. I needed you to guide me because I knew that exactly what you were sharing of yourself was was meant for me to hear. So welcome. Yay, Jillian. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here and I just adore you and have loved um, our journey from from the moment that I met you on the phone (laughs) that summer day when I was walking outside barefoot, Mm -hmm. just walking around the yard, talking to you about your story and just hearing you and knowing um, that all the things you were saying you were ready to welcome into your life experience were, it was more, it wasn't an if, it was just a matter of time. And it's been such a gift to get to support you in the birthing process of all of the things that you've created in the last, you know, just a couple months. Yeah. It's been since June and we're recording this in December, 2017. So Mm -hmm. it's just amazing. So I want to dive into your story a little bit, but at first I'd like to give the listeners just kind of a quick glimpse of our little story together, because I just like right off the bat, I want people to feel how when they I mean, you always say that you said yes to yourself and your, your biggest tagline is that you want to um, help other women to come home to themselves because that was ultimately your story. And I just think it's amazing how we, we kind of started. So you referred to the first day that, um, that we were on the phone and I'd like to share with people that, like I said, I had known in my heart and I talked about you. Like this was a conversation that I had with my husband. Like, you know, that girl, Amber, that I listened to her podcast. Like I really, she is a branding and business strategist, but I can just feel she goes so much deeper than that. I really need her energy in my life. I really, I know I'm going to work with her as a coach. Um, at some point. And it was always at some point, at some point, I was just kind of like waiting for, I don't know what, um, when I came to you, I was 
trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to do next. I was feeling a, a deep stirring within me that, you know, things were awesome. I was loving working within my network marketing company. I was loving being home with my boys, but just felt like there was deeper work to be done. Um, and then one night I was sitting and opened on your email list and I opened your email and it was about you retiring Ben, your husband. Mm -hmm. And in that, like I had tears streaming down my cheeks because, and I'm going on record now with saying that that is one of my goals for, for our family. I want my husband to be home with us. And it was in that moment that I was like, Oh my goodness, it's now like now is the time. So I filled out the form um, to get on the phone with you and I went upstairs and I looked at Michael and I was like, I did a thing. And he was like, <laughs> he's like, what are you talking about? Like, he's like all worried. And I'm like, cause literally I'm crying during this, <laughs> right? Cause that's what we do. So he's like, are you okay? I was like, I filled out a form. He goes, okay. <laughs> and so, um, I was like, well, you know, Amber, like, and so I told him, I'm like, I, I opened the email and she retired her husband and I want to do that. And I need help figuring out what I'm going to do next and how I'm going to get you home and all of this stuff. He goes, go submit the form. Like, and it was that simple. Mm -hmm. And I know that I'm really blessed to have that support and have that. He's my rock. He is just, mm -hmm. you know, an incredible human being. And he, he just kept saying, go submit the form. Like, don't leave it on your desktop filled out, but not submitted. So I submitted it. You responded to me that night. We were on the phone the next day. And I just, I would love to hear your now knowing that, like mm -hmm. what has been your, I mean, we talked, you mm -hmm. shared with me what you thought would be the next best step for me. So I'd love for you to kind of pick up the story from your point of view. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I remember reading it and, um, and I just, I felt like, oh, she's ready, you know, like she's ready. And especially because you had been listening to my stuff for a while. So you knew, um, kind of like my shtick and really my, the way that I live my life. And, and I think there's this really special thing. And for those who are coaches and, and I know you've experienced this, that when it's like the right person, when there's just like that right spark, that right energy, it's just, it's an amazing feeling because it's like finding that, that ideal client, that ideal person. Um, it's not, it's not about the money. It's yeah. about the transformation that you know is going to happen. And I could feel your energy and your excitement and what you wrote. And I could also feel like the, the, how important it was to you and how convicted you were and all of those things. Like you've been doing the work, you've been listening to the podcast, you've been, you know, reading the emails and, and doing the work. You built a successful network marketing company. So all of those things combined when I read the application were like, oh, sister's ready. You know, she's ready. And, you know, um, I, I was just there ready to receive, you know, and, and support you in this way and to say, okay, like, let's do this thing. And so we were talking, I remember I kept saying to you, like, you know, I, <laughs> I remember, I, I think I sounded really confident on the phone. I remember just, I was, I was like, I wasn't using a lot of words at certain points. Cause I was like, Jillian, it's just time. Like, I've got you, we can do yeah. this. Like, let's just, like, let's just go. <laughs> yeah. And I knew you knew it. And, um, and I, and every single call, every breakthrough call, every conversation I have with a potential client, it's every single one is different because it's, it's the person that you're yeah. talking to and it's meeting them where they are, helping paint the picture of where they want to go and then helping them understand that, you know, uh, that it's going to take some work to get from point A to point B, um, and, and really un help them understand like what that's going to look like. But there's also in my work, there's like this, this, this like healthy dose of magic that's involved as well. 
And, and you can't really like, that's the X factor. Like that's the thing that's hard to pinpoint, but when the client is ready and willing to believe that and to step into it, then I know every time that they're going to have incredible transformation. And you're one of the, you know, most powerful success stories of our six month, the first six months of the mastermind in and of itself with what you've done from a launch perspective and just in earning um, with the thing, like the volume of things that you've gotten out, you launched a podcast, you self-published a book. I mean, you've just accomplished so many things, um, in addition to what you were already doing. And it's just, it's so thrilling. And it's been such a, a just an honor to watch your transformation and your expansion. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So amazing. It's so cool to see it come full circle and mm-hmm. actually like see it from your point of view too, because as I'm stepping up into my own meanness in the coaching world and working one-to-one with people and starting my own mastermind um, in a way that feels good to me. You know, I, I tell people, don't like, don't expect that your recipe is going to be the exact same as anybody that you ever work with. You're going to take yes. some spices from this person's cabinet, mm-hmm. some spices from this person's cabinet, and you're going to create your own thing, but you know, you're going to know what feels right based on what you've been through. So I love the mastermind and that's mm-hmm. ultimately what we decided would be the best for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love your mastermind so much. And I just, the relationships I've formed. Oh my goodness. Oh my They're gosh. Amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. I just, I love, love every single person mm-hmm. in that group with us. And then, you know, I tell people all the time that, cause people will ask me like, well, what is your, what does your business coach do? Like what, how does she show up for you guys? And I say, well, we get one-to-one calls with her. We get, um, group calls bi-weekly. We get modules, but also like we get your like when you're coming in hot moments, like, and and I shared with you, like that's, those things are just pure gold for me because my spontaneous lives. Yes. They're (laughs) just, they're awesome because that's, that's where the, that's where it's all happening, right? Like that's the the birth of so many of your creative thoughts and processes. And even when you're working through stuff, you're showing us how you're working through it. And that's so powerful. Mm -hmm. And I love, I think the thing that's cool about the mastermind is that I love, um, it's, there's, it's an intimate space. And so I will share that kind of vulnerability and those things. And I'm vulnerable in how I share and everything, but it's like a different level, you know, of, um, the way it's funny, like the way that I talk on a normal live versus the way that I talk to my mastermind in a live, it's like two different things, you know? And it's just because we're, we're all, it's like, we're all one, you know, we're all like curled up together. Like I see us all holding our little mugs, like, all right, sisters, like coming on, coming on in, let's, let's talk about this. And, and one thing I do want to add is, as before we move into the next section of whatever we're going to cover next, I, um, I want to say to the listeners that there are a couple things about you specifically, Jillian, that are sort of the X factors to help you, you know, someone be successful and you bring that to the equation. So it's not a matter of, um, you know, me as the coach, like I'm not the one doing the work. You're the one doing the work. I am just simply reflecting back to you, your own brilliance Mm -hmm. and helping you work through the stuff that's challenging and reminding you here it is of who you really are. Yeah. And so what, what separates you from, from many clients that I've worked with and folks who didn't end up being clients, uh, is that you're one, you're willing and ready to learn all the time. Mm -hmm. You're, you are 
uh, and I know that you, you know, you're, you're very conscientious about yourself, your energy, you know, what you're putting out, how you're interacting with people. Like you're, you're very, you're conscientious and you're conscious. And I know you'll say sometimes like, Oh, I feel like I'm operating from an ego place. And, um, I mean, I, I don't ever see that honestly like that, but because you're so you're always managing and minding yourself, that's part of the reason why, you know, you're always trying to be so thoughtful around the choices that you make, the words that you use, the ways that the, the ways that you launch and do things. That's why you're such a great leader. Um, and I think the other thing is that you're just not afraid to go first. Yeah. You're not afraid to, uh, to, you know, skin your knees or fall down. Like, you know, you're just going to get back up and keep going. And, um, and you do all of it with a smile. And this is why your podcast is called morning sunshine. Remember when we were all kind of giving you feedback and voting on what to call the podcast. We we're like, you have to call it something sunshine related. <laughs> I remember. Uh, Cause that is you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you. I received that. That's like so kind. And that means so much to me, but it's actually the perfect segue because you're the very same. You, you were the person that was going to go first you are going to do it. So I would love if you would just dive into your story. Like how is it that you got to be here? How is it that you launched your own business? If you could just give the listeners a little bit of an insight into who you are and you know, what brought you there and how it all felt along the way. I would just love that so much. Yeah, I would love to. Um, so if we just kind of get in the time machine, um, I grew up actually in, in the New England area, much like you, right? So um, I'm from um, originally Reading, Massachusetts, which is like a little outside the, the city of Boston. And then we moved to New Hampshire when I was about 10, 9, 10 years old. And um, so I consider myself to be a, a live for your die girl for sure, because that's New Hampshire's been my, my place. It's where I went to college and, um, you know, have my baby and now live here on this awesome lake. And I know that's one of your dreams too, is to get your lake house. And I know it's coming. Yep. Um, so yeah, growing up, um, I have two amazingly supportive parents that are, that are, um, still married and, um, have worked really hard for that relationship and for the, the, the family that we have, you know, I said actually at the Thanksgiving table this year, we had, um, my, my sister and my brother and my sister's kids. My brother has a new baby, um, my sister-in-law, my husband and, and our daughter, of course. And I just, you know, we were going around and saying what we were grateful for. I just said, you know, um, I'm, I'm grateful that we're, that we're all here today around this table because families like continuing to be together, um, is pretty revolutionary. You know, it's like, we've, we fought really hard for that togetherness. And so that's been instilled, um, in, from, from the beginning that it's like family first and you stand by your people and, you know, we're not perfect and we screw up, but you just, you just stick by your people. And my parents are super tenacious and, um, they're definitely the kind of people that are like, well, why not, you know, about things. And, um, my dad was a division one athlete. My mom was an athlete and, you know, in ways that she wasn't even allowed to be, she ran on the boys track team. Like she would go practice with them and she was a gymnastics coach and all these things. And in the time when she was, there were no girl sports. My mom was growing up and, um, they instilled in us that, you know, uh, grades are obviously first, but sports are super important. It's something that we, we basically do. It's like identity for our family and they exposed us to everything. So, you know, from, I was a gymnast and a figure skater and I raced in skiing and, um, I was really good at softball. And then eventually I chose soccer as my, uh, my first love, as I know you did too. And, um, I made this little resolution myself when I was nine to become a, a division one athlete. Well, I, I knew that money was tight and that if I wanted to get a scholarship or if I wanted to go to college, I had to have a scholarship. And so 
I just sort of like resigned myself to um, the fact that I was going to get a scholarship to play a sport. That was how I was going to go to college. I wasn't sure what it was going to be, but then sort of by the time I was like 10, 11, I was, I was kind of certain it was going to probably be soccer, but I wasn't sure yet. Um, and then I, you know, being the perfectionist that I was growing up, I just made the decision that it would be a division one school and that I would be the captain. And I just like yeah. incrementally kept moving the needle forward on all of these goals and all these yeah. things. And it wasn't, my parents were not the ones in like enforcing these sort of like rules or whatever on me at all. It was, it was literally my own crafting and, and doing. And, um, I think that, you know, on the shadow side of that was that, um, I, a, a huge part of my story is that when I was really, really young, I was three years old, I was sexually molested and, um, by a, a child care providers, extended family member. And my parents um, stood by me and helped me, you know, go get the closure that I needed to get justice to go to court and testify and get the restraining order, all those things. And so moving to New Hampshire was a really big deal for us because we moved away from a pretty dysfunctional family um, area where, where it didn't really feel safe. Yeah. And so my mom, um, it was like this, this like liberation to come up here and let us roam free and barefoot and catch frogs and have this childhood, you know, where we could just be in our bodies and in my, I could heal, you know, from, from what I endured. But, um, of course, when you carry that kind of, uh, heaviness forth, when you watch the, the pain that the people you love go through as a result of that kind of a trauma, um, it's just inexplicable. It just doesn't make any freaking sense, uh, that that could happen. And I look at my daughter who's four right now and look at her and say, how could, how could anyone ever do anything of that nature to yeah. a child? Like my daughter, you know, it just, I can't, and so what my mom had to endure my father as well, just the reality that that was their daughter, you know, that that happened. Um, and so, um, I, I started, uh, when my adolescent, when I started going through puberty, I started having some challenges with food and I started using food for control, um, because there were still some emotional issues beneath the surface, but I didn't want to talk about it. My mom would, uh, would say, I think we should go back to therapy. I think this would be a good thing. And I was like, nope, not doing it, not talking about it. I don't want to. Yeah. I was completely shut down and it wasn't because they weren't offering it. I just didn't want to touch it back mm -hmm. then. And I just buried myself in soccer, but it really was my therapy. You know, it was the place that I felt most at home. I could be myself. Um, I worked really hard and there was like this really easy sort of transaction with that where it was like, you work really hard, you practice your skills and you just get better, you know? And, um, I loved that about the game and it helped me just move through high school and the times in my life that were just awkward. You know, I, I never felt like I super fit in because I felt like I looked at life really differently than a lot of my peers. Mm -hmm. I was a pretty like deep kid. And, um, but I didn't like my writing teachers knew that, but probably my friends didn't know that so much. Yeah. And I never felt like I had a lot of like close friends. Like I never had best friends. And I think it's so funny because now I have such close relationships and such amazing women in my life. But when, during those years, I just couldn't, I could hardly even see myself, you know, like soccer was the only way that I really felt, um, whole yeah. and I'm so grateful for it. And so I went on to college. I, um, was the, I did end up becoming the captain of my division one soccer team mm -hmm. and, um, and then graduated and became a collegiate athletics marketing administrator at my alma mater UNH. Mm -hmm. And it was literally my dream job. I got to, um, become like the, essentially like an entrepreneur because I got to just create things from scratch. I got to create programs and events and, um, an, an internship program that became nationally renowned and all these traditions at the school and all these just amazing things. It was like a blank canvas. And I knew, um, I was so passionate about the culture and what it means to be UNH Wildcat and, and really like what the, 
um, the ethos of the department was all about. And so I love translating that into experiences that our fans could have and really like selling that to corporate sponsors. And, and it was a skill that I really, um, I really excelled at because of my, my deep capacity to feel and then also communicate those feelings, um, and create events and experiences that helped people have emotional, uh, feelings as well. Right. And sports are awesome because sports are like the ascent, like feelings 101, right? Like you just, it's so intense. And so I learned a lot about human emotion and, um, about just all of it, hard work, um, tenacity, like about culture and core values. And then in 2013, we, um, I had been, you know, of course in the background, like still having lots of issues with food. I was, I started doing fitness competitions ultimately because it was a means to an end for me. It was like, okay, well, if I'm going to be a fitness competitor and I can't figure this body food thing out, then I am literally like useless. And I remember saying that to myself. And, uh, and it didn't go well. I mean, like it, I always felt, um, like I was the, the, I could never get lean. Those were like my words. I would say like, I hate even saying that. I remember sending these check-in pictures to my coach and being like, it just, it just wasn't working. And it was because it was completely out of alignment. You know, every aspect of it was completely out of alignment. My body, God bless it was like, no, this is not okay. Um, and because of that, I had, uh, well, I had endometriosis and there were years and years that I didn't get my period. Mm-hmm. Um, as an adolescent and then it, you know, it all kind of progressed in my adulthood and, um, long story short, we were wanting, we were, we were married and wanting to start a family and, um, just knowing my doctor was like, yeah, you're not going to, you're not going to conceive naturally. It's just, it's like literally going to take forever. And I know you, and you're going to lose your mind, you know, yeah. trying. Yeah. And so he was like, we're going to, let's just try IUI. So we did IUI, um, and we conceived Ani on our first shot. And I know that was God's way of being like, I'm giving you this golden ticket because this is going to be the thing that helps you really change all the surrounding. I had started therapy, um, again, like, you know, maybe two years before we got pregnant to really start working on the food thing because I knew I couldn't, I knew one, I was going to be a mother to a little girl one day. And I, um, I knew it from age five. I always knew I would be a mom to a little girl. It was super intuitive. And so I, I, I had to clean that up before I was wearing that that badge of being a mom. I was not going to inflict upon her the stuff within me that wasn't, that wasn't healed, that wasn't clean. Um, and so we got pregnant on our first shot, which was just such a a miracle and so incredible. And, um, pregnancy was really hard for me. And then fast forward to Ani's birthday and, um, I pushed for four hours, you know, I'm in the operating room now having an emergency C-section and I literally am laying on the operating room table. It's like, I can hear Jack Johnson playing in the background. And within moments, all of a sudden I noticed that there's a bag valve mask over my face and I'm not breathing and I can feel my lung volume getting shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. And it's just silent. And the anesthesiologist is um, like asking me questions in a very like hurried and urgent voice. And I'm having a super hard time answering him because I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. And I went, uh, I was unconscious and I went into this, like this space in between this like dark, dark place of acknowledgement of realizing that uh, my life was not matching up. So I loved my job, but there had been some years where I knew that there was so much more I was being called to. Uh, I remember being a young, young child and knowing that um, my purpose was to share my story, was to share myself, was to talk about courage, was, was to um, to fully embrace and acknowledge that what happened to me as a young kid didn't happen to me for nothing, that I was here to share my story. And the fact was, is I wasn't doing that, you know, working in a division one collegiate athletic department is an awesome opportunity. And you can't, you can't talk about your stuff like at all. It's like, there's, there's no space for that. And 
um, I really believe it was God's way of just saying like, it's time now, you know, it's time to wake up. It's time to have this realization. It's time to step into your greatness and into your truth. And, um, I honestly thought that I was going to die. I, I couldn't breathe. I, I had this moment of, um, just total like love and appreciation wash over me. This feeling of seeing my life, like seeing my, the people that I love in my life, uh, flash before my eyes, truly seeing these amazing moments with them and feeling this overwhelming sense of gratitude and knowing that, um, no matter what Ani was going to be okay and that I was going to be okay and everyone's going to be okay. I just, I felt this complete surrender yeah. and, um, it was like my hands are, were off the wheel. It was, I was basically in God's hands and, uh, it was honestly in that moment of like, when I felt myself in the deepest moment of surrender of my entire life, it was like the snap of a finger. And I was all of a sudden back in the operating room breathing yeah. and like wide awake and conscious. And I heard the anesthesiologist yell at the surgeon and say, go, 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 go. It's time. We got to go. And they started the procedure and Ani was born. And then Ben came a couple minutes later and Jack Johnson was on and, and was of all things, it was our wedding song. One of our wedding songs. Better oh my together. gosh. Wow. Yeah. And I just, it was like, I, no one knew that I just gone through this spiritual awakening. Yeah. Um, not even my husband, cause he wasn't even there. And it was all in my own consciousness where this was occurring. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just knew everything was different, you know? And so we came out of the operating room. There are a lot of complications, a lot of challenges after that C-section that I had to endure. But, um, within eight months of leaving and I'm like fast forwarding this part because, you know, we can get into the specifics, but eight months after Ani was born, we, I left my corporate job. So, um, I gave my notice. I had one client at the time that is a God's honest truth. And I like, I've told my dad that story this summer for the first time. And he was like, you quit your, what, what you quit your job with one client. I'm like, yeah, I didn't tell you that part, dad. <laughs> I didn't tell you that part because I knew that would be a reaction. Right. He's like, Oh my God. Um, and yeah, by the time I left, because I was there for that, you know, I stayed for about a month after because I needed to transition. I mean, I had a big job. I was an associate athletic director. I was going to be the president of all the sport marketing professionals in the country. Uh -huh. Um, it wasn't like, you know, just some little assistant. I was a pivotal person in the department and what was happening on campus and all that. And so it was a huge transition and a huge leap and a risk. But I knew that what you said earlier, I, I knew I had to go first, that I didn't, I didn't have a, a story to share with people. I, I hadn't proven to myself yet that I could do it. So how the heck could I help other people do it? Yeah. And, um, I started with like design and graphics and yes, brand coaching, but I led heavy with the skills and the deliverables because I knew that that was something I definitely knew how to do. Yeah. And I, that the, the coaching stuff would get better and better and better. And I knew I could make money doing those technical things yeah. and then infuse all of the intuitive coaching and stuff that I do as well. And I would learn as we, as, as we went along and, um, I was full time at home with Ani, uh, honestly for the first like two and a half years of my business, if not three, well, two and a half, I'll say for sure. Cause she started preschool sort of two and a half. Uh, well, she started when she was, yeah. Cause she was eight months old. So when she was like three, she started going to preschool. Yeah. So two and a half years, I literally worked during nap time every day. Mm -hmm. And, and that, as we know, mamapreneurs, like that's not always a guarantee. Mm -mm. It's not always a guarantee. And it was, and it was so stressful. And I remember how that felt, but I also knew that that just like getting through that and remembering why I was doing this and never forgetting that ever, ever, ever remembering that this was better than the alternative and not like letting myself lose my mind. Though I had days where I wasn't perfect, you know, yeah. I definitely freaked out. Um, but it, but it paved the way to what's now. And 
it's so different. And now we're in a position where, you know, we're uh, three and a half years into this business. This year is uh, multiple six figure. We tripled last year's income, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, the podcast is like 50,000 downloads a month now. Um, you know, some of these benchmarks, like I'm just serving thousands of women all over the world. I have this amazing mastermind. We have an incredible retreat coming up in Florida in February. I have my, my Ignite Your Soul Summit uh, event, which is, we're going to double the attendance for that this next year and have amazing speakers in the way of Lori and Chris Harder and Karen Kenny and Rachel Campfield and all these guys coming. There's just like amazing women in my life that I love so much. Um, and it's, and we're, we're retired. We've retired Ben and he's been out of now five months. He's been, um, working from home at full time in the fan in the business and, and exploring his own things that he wants to do. And we're also um, on the precipice and starting in January of doing some homeschooling. So it's kind of crazy, but it's all, it's all like just, you know, my friend Lisa Morelli, who's this like amazing, um, she was the psychic, but she's also uh, like a business manager. She's Kate, uh, the president of um, the operations and stuff for Kate Northrop's company. And she, I remember her using this analogy for me and I love it so much. She was like, think of your energy as being like the red carpet that's like rolling on out, like roll out the red carpet in the direction of your dreams and where you want to go. And just like, you can roll the carpet out really far or you can just roll it out a little bit and you can bring it in and you can bring it out and you can bring it in and you bring it out and just roll that baby out and just walk that red carpet and own it, you know, and just walk that path because that's your path. And, and it, it was made for you. And when you can think about it being this like triumphant um, celebration of the journey and of the learning. And then the physical manifestations that you experience are simply just the proof. They're just the, they're just the, like the invitation for more joy. Mm-hmm. Um, it literally changes your entire life and the way that you experience everything. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you for sharing all of that. Like, I just think yeah. it's so important for people to see full spectrum. Like, real human being here, right? Like I think that people see like the accolades and they see the 50,000 downloads and they see the Instagram followers and they forget that like there's a person on the other side of the screen that's got a very real story that many people can relate to on a number of different levels and the highs and the lows and all of it. Like it's just, it's exactly as it should be. And the fact that you honor it all by honoring yourself now. It's just so huge. Thank you. You know, I think about it as the compound effect, you know, that it just builds upon itself. And, um, you know, I say to my clients, I say, Hey, don't look at your unsubscribes. Like no, ain't got no time for that. If you need to know what the number is, that's great. But don't look at the names of people. It's just going to hurt your feelings. And you know what? I, I, only reason I can say that is because I've done it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, one of my dear friends names was on there. And then later on she pinged me or like, Oh, by the way, I unsubscribed from your list. Cause I have like three other emails on your list. So I just didn't want to have four. And I made this whole story up about how she didn't like me anymore. How she thought that I was like self-indulgent. How she thought that I was like greedy. Like I made up all of these stories and that none, not even one shred of that was true. Yeah. So how many of you guys have done that about something in your life? Yes. That's, yep. <laughs> so, um, just think of it like this. You're, unless you do something totally outrageous and really kind of silly, you're never going to lose every single, unsub, uh, every single subscriber. Right. And so if you keep growing, you know, like I remember my list when it had seven people on it yeah. and then I remember when it had a hundred and then when it had 250 and, and then as it's grown and grown and grown, and it's just so exciting because remember now you have more people, like more people, 
then more people, then more people. And then they know, like you were introduced to me from a friend that mm -hmm. somebody that I don't even think I know. I, I don't know if I no, know you her. Don't but... know her. You, she, she knows you, but you don't yeah. know her. And that's so, so cool. Isn't that wild? Yeah. And um, I think when we live in a world where we think we have to control everything, we have to know everything, like that's not why you're led to this work. You know, you're led to this work to be of service and also to, to do your own learning and expansion and growth. And um, yeah. And so it's been just so fun to, to be on the journey, but you know, all that number stuff is cool, but it, that's not the, that's not the juice of it. You know, the juice of it is like singing amazing grace around the campfire at our retreat back in yes. August. Oh my gosh. That, yeah. that was a moment. That was a moment. You know, that was, that was a transformational moment. It's when someone's introducing themselves through tears and telling you their story and you get to hold the space for them. And you get to, you get to like shine back to them, the brilliance of who they really are and help them and get, help them give themselves permission to change their life. Like that is what this is really about. It's about, it's about your kids having you at home. Mm -hmm. It's about us being in the space to go, you know what? The school thing's not really working. Like it, we don't, it's just, this is not really working for our daughter. Mm -hmm. We're going to homeschool and being able to actually do that. Yeah that's what this is about. It's about the, all of the, the ripples that are impacted, you know, how like Thanksgiving dinner is a different experience because you're energetically aligned and you don't go home dreading the, the conversation around the table because you've done your work yeah. and how that empowers and encourages other people to do the work. Like that is really what this is about. And all that other stuff is awesome. It makes, it makes it so you could like, we're giving so much this year. We're writing a $10,000 check on Monday for uh, this organization, Haven, New Hampshire, mm -hmm. which supports the recovery of sexual abuse victims and domestic violence victims. Mm -hmm. And this, this donation is specifically going to go to help with the um, prevention education and teaching kids how to be vigilant for themselves and also to help their parents to support them in an even bigger way. Because the reality is this, one in four girls and one in six boys are victims of sexual abuse. And that's only what's reported. Yeah. That is only what is reported. So if you think about the fact that, you know, four kids in your child's classroom, girls yeah. are, one of them is a victim of sexual abuse in some capacity. Like that's just unacceptable. Yeah. And, uh, because that is part of my story, I just want to tell people that I want to step into that. I want to, uh, ride the wave of the me too, me too movement and the time voting, the survivors, us, the women, the women, and men, but mostly the women, right? Uh, the, the people, the person of the year, this tribe of all of us, like this is the rising that we are on right now. And so if you are answering the call, if you are following what you've been led to, you cannot help but make a positive impact on this planet. And when you make more money, you can make an even bigger impact, yeah. you know, and we're also going to go in person to food banks and, and do stuff with them, help, help, you know, and we're going to bring our daughter and we're going to teach her, you know, what that's like. Mm -hmm. Um, and give to the chase home, the children's home and give them things that they need and buying stuff for a, a little girl who's four years old, whose dad abused her and her mom is, uh, is incarcerated and she's looking to be adopted. Like we're buying presents for her. So these things make us feel so good. Like that's what we're doing, you know, yeah. and I didn't have the capacity to do these things when I was working in my corporate life. Oh my heavens. Yeah. Thank you, for that all. Thank you for sharing that all because it just goes to show that like this work is so much bigger than yeah. just us. Yes. Yes. It is so much bigger and it's like, it's a rising tide and it's, it's, um, holding yourself accountable to 
your capacity, your true capacity, um, and being courageous enough to step into, into your truth and to do the work that you are called to. And also know that it's, that's hard. Like it's going to, you're going to be rocking the boat, you know, and people are going to look at you and think you're crazy. And, and people still do. I mean, there are people that are in my family that still don't even know what I do. Yeah. They don't understand and they don't even ask and it's fine. You know, like Mm -hmm. it's cool. We're, we're just going to keep doing it because we know that we can be of greater service to those folks by really living out our truth and being very, um, conscious with each, with all of it, you know, like these, these choices we make are not, they're not small. You know, there's a lot of conversation. And of course, all of this is impacting and improving our marriage, our own connection to one another, mm-hmm. um, which is so incredibly important. The divorce rate in this country is like over 50%. Yeah. Um, and that's really hard on our kids, right. That grow up without, when single parent families, that's just, it's just hard because financially you're splitting the the family dynamic in half. And, um, and, and so, right. Like we, we can't help other people if we're not minding the farm, you know, and taking care of and, and being super, super aware and responsible for like, what's right here, what's happening within me, my physical body, my energy, and the voice, the thoughts that I think and what the words that I use in my life against for myself, not against myself. Yeah. I'd love to actually dive into that a little bit because there's so much work that gets to be done around that. Right. And it's one of the things that, you know, until it's for many people, until it's presented to you that you can think differently, you Mm. can use different energy, you can dive in deeper. It doesn't have to be the way it always was just because it always was that way. I would love to hear just how, I mean, going from like, brand new, I'm going to launch this business and it's going to be super technical and I'm going to offer up like these logistical stuff, but like knowing you had a deeper underlying message, how has, how has it felt? And what's the conversation in your head been as you've developed? Because, you know, we all start, we, we forget, right? We all start at the beginning. We all, every, every professional was once an amateur, every, you know, so I would just love to hear about the transition into you developing into who you are now, but like, where did it, where did it start? Like when you were fresh out of the gates with this business, what are some things that you can remember along your path that have led you to here with the conversation that you've been having with yourself? Oh, such a good question. Um, so, I mean, I think one of the things that I learned early on, um, and I remember like, as I look back at some of my old videos and quote things that like when Facebook puts them up on your little yes. thing, that's time <laughs> hop or whatever that is, it would, it, there, there was a lot of conversation, um, about permission mm. and, um, giving yourself permission to just simply want what you want. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I had a lot of overriding to do with that because, Um, I left this place that I had been for 14 years, you know, four years as a student athlete and then 10 years. And, and most of the people that work in my athletic department were like lifers, you know, a lot of them have worked there for a super long time. And, um, and so there was a lot of resistance for me internally. And I remember when I told them that I was leaving, I really like, I really diminished the business part of it and was like, Oh, I'm going to go be home with my daughter. 
Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving because, because I just, I didn't have the confidence to really explain what I was going to do. Yeah. And I didn't, it was so tender to me that I just didn't really want to have the, the furrowed eyebrows or the raised eyebrows or the questions about, yeah. well, what, it, like, what are you exactly going to do? Cause I was like, I don't really know. Like, I'm just going to go do this thing. And, um, and so I had to just be kind of gentle around that. And I think that I learned early on that one, I just had to practice that giving myself permission to want something different over and over again to, to, um, unplug from the achievement system that I had been so plugged into Mm -hmm. and to start thinking about something very different that was not traditional, you know, in the sense, especially in the environment that I had come from being in this academia space. Um, and so that was the one big piece. I think the, the next was, um, well, then you get into all these, this industry and these circles and there's all these people doing things with formulas and saying this is the best way to do it and you should do it this way. And I just, I had a background in marketing, so I did understand like human psychology and how that was, con- you know, sort of uh, conditioning and also compelling people to act. But I just, I was kind of the one calling BS on a lot of that with, within myself, but then feeling like, man, maybe maybe I'm doing it wrong, you know? So I think the next thing for me was really helping myself um, sort of divorce myself from this notion that there was a wrong way to do it. Yes. Oh, thank you for saying that. That's huge. Yeah. And um, the places where I have leaned in and done it the way that works for me is where my business has been the most successful. And usually what happens is I try to be super strategic. Mm-hmm. I try to research everything. I try to follow all the rules. I try to look at all these other people and what they're doing. And by the time I get back to like doing it myself, I'm so overwhelmed and confused and I feel so inadequate wow. that I just can't even touch it and I need a break. So then I take a break and then my inner rebel comes out and she's like, screw this. Yeah. Let's just do it this way. And then I do it my way. And then it ends up being successful. And it's like, why do I like, so I have had to go through that pattern like a million times, <laughs> like a million times since yeah. I lost my launched this business three and a half years ago. And, um, and I think, you know, I'm finally really getting that. But I, but I think that part of the problem, Jillian, is that the patterns that we have that really truly at the end of the day are all tethered to worthiness and to, um, this notion that we're not worthy of, re- of receiving love at the end of the day. Like that's really what like the hum- human's greatest fears are that they're, they're not worthy of receiving love. Yeah. Bottom line. Um, that is, that's what lives beneath everything. Like that's why public speaking is people's greatest fears because they're afraid of being laughed at. They're, be- they're afraid of being ridiculed. They're afraid of being an outcast, mm-hmm. right. For something that they said or didn't do it right or whatever. And so um, w- one of the shortcuts has been acknowledging that, Oh, I get to give myself my own love. Yeah. And when I fill up my own cup every day and I make that like, that is my set point. That is the baseline. And it's not perfect, but, uh, acknowledging that that self love piece, like that self compassion piece, Mm -hmm. that self appreciation, that self knowing, um, is the, is the springboard to, to operate from, in all things that I do in my life and business. And it's helped me with, you know, anxiety. I've definitely had anxiety. I would, I, I would offer that a great percentage of my business, um, was operating just with a blanket of fear over it of like, Oh my God, you know, or like, is this whole thing going to collapse? I can remember, um, even three years ago. So only being like six months into the business, standing in my master bedroom in our old home and, um, having this moment of like, just thinking that, oh my God, 
Like we could lose everything and it would be my fault. Like just totally like none of that was even close to true. Like we never not paid a bill, you know, but I, but it was, there was so much pressure I was putting on myself. And here's the thing, like when we put that much pressure on ourselves, we can't operate. Like we cannot be a, we cannot be a positive force in the universe. We cannot be good for our families. And here's the thing. If you're marketing from a place of terror, your clients know it Mm -hmm. and you, you come across as desperate and the energy's off mm-hmm. and we've all seen it. You know, we've all seen people that are like that and it's like, Whoa, what's happening over there? Yeah. So, so I know for me, um, the unapologetic non-attachment, the, the being of service, mm-hmm. acknowledging and knowing that when I make, uh, an impact when I'm making it a global impact, right. On someone, on the lives of the people that I serve, but of course, like starting at home with myself every day first, mm-hmm the income and all those other things are going to follow. It's, it's a package deal. Um, money's not something that you are because you're good. You make money like because you're worthy of love that you then equal, you know, income. It doesn't, it just literally doesn't work that way. Money is just a tool. It's just energy. And it's, it's like, uh, it's a, it's a stepping stone. It's a thing to help you, you know, paint bigger on the canvas mm-hmm. and to be of even greater service. And when you can frame it like that, rather than, oh, um, you know, that person makes this much money. And so they're just, they're more worthy of love. Like they're more beautiful. They're more talented. They're more like, that's just a rabbit hole. Um, that's never going to get you where you want to go. And I, you know, I think for me, I can speak so clearly and, and confidently to each of these sort of scripts and emotions and, and sort of loops, like language loops, Mm -hmm. because I've done them all. Mm -hmm. And so I get it and I can help, um, like offer the hand to my clients when they're in their rabbit hole, you know, and say, um, come on up. I've got you. If you need me to come down in the foxhole for a minute with you, I'll come down there, but we're not staying down here. Yeah. Right. Because you, my job is to hold you accountable to who you really are and to what you said you really want, because I only see that in my clients. Mm -hmm. So I only see greatness for my clients. I do not see Um, I, I don't see anything other than that. I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's, it's such a joy to get to hold that vision as a coach for people and to walk on the path with them to it. Yeah, totally. Let's go back to the girl six months, six months into the business. That's having like the freak out moment. Mm -hmm. What next? What happened next? Cause I imagine that a lot of people that are listening to this right now are in that space and they don't want to be there anymore. They are tired of it. Well, tired of the fear. Yeah. They don't know what's next. So here it is. The reason why we get in that space is because we believe deep down inside that it, that our success, that, uh, that love, that our validation lives outside of us. Mm -hmm. And so we, and, and that's why it feels so hopeless and helpless. Yeah. Because you literally can't, you cannot will things into being in an external capacity. It starts from within. And I didn't, I, I didn't quite have that yet. You know, I hadn't, I didn't, I was still operating this externally validated world of like accomplish the task at work. And then boss pets you on the head and says, good job. Here's the next thing to do. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was the girl that got promoted every two years, Mm -hmm. uh, which doesn't happen in the state institution. I was the one from the small mid-major institution that was going to become the president as a woman of this organization. Like I was the achiever and what my, my, you know, my favorite thing to receive was that, that positive feedback, the high five that you're doing a great job 
you know, like a little dog. <laughs> a little That's pet my on the story head. too, though. Like with before I left um, the hospital that I was working in, you know, I was being groomed for upper management. My VP looked at me and she said, "You will have my job soon." And I loved that all. Right? Oh yeah, I yeah. loved being um, being asked to be in uh, to go to different specific training for your hand picked for them. And I loved I loved my review time. You know, like oh yeah, it was always so good, loved, right? always so always and and it's just it's that moment where you have like that like gosh like this doesn't this doesn't matter anymore and Mm -hmm. when you're tapping into like okay what is it that I really want yes well I had to I literally had to be strapped down to an operating room table unable to breathe to wake up to that so my prayer is that uh that 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 doesn't have to happen for the people listening to this podcast and to to my tribe that I can share that story and that awakening, uh, in a way that will touch them and help them find their own awakening that maybe isn't quite so physically traumatic. Yeah. 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 And so I think the big thing, honestly, it's really, and this is where the work comes in. Like, this is the work that I know you're now doing with your clients. This is the work that hundred percent that I do with my clients is we've got to take radical personal responsibility for our own energy, Mm -hmm. for our own vibration, for the way that we're showing up. Yes, and yes. we've got to stop with the blame game. We've got to stop putting it outside of ourselves. It's not your client's fault, actually, right? It's you're, you attracted that person from a place of scarcity. So if they're not a good fit, it's because you were freaking out mm-hmm. and you were putting out the vibe that you would take anybody and everybody, mm-hmm. you know, come one, come all. And then you actually had the circus. Yeah. And I had that, you know, I had a client that defaulted on like a thousand dollar payment, which was a, which back then was a big deal yeah. and a lot of money to just have this person completely disappear. And I remember feeling like devastated about it and then not sure what I wanted to do. And I had a lot of people like giving me advice and I just decided to use it as a learning opportunity and it, and to just step away from the machine and go, you know what, it is what it is. And, um, karma, you know, will do its work. And, I didn't, um, I didn't like somebody was like, shut her website down, delete it. And I was like, I'm not doing that. There's no chance that I'm going to do that. I just, I just handed her the keys and I said, you know, I best wishes. I send you, I send you love and best wishes and just, you know? Um, so I think that, you know, we have to, we have to take a look in the mirror and yeah. talk about like what is happening here and how am I literally sending out what I'm receiving back? Mm-hmm. What are some things, um, and I know the answer to this, but I, I love asking this question because I think it's super important to give people like perspective. Like what are some things that you actually do for yourself to align your energy? Make sure that you, you are like centered in and you're, yeah. you're taking care of you first. Yeah. What are some, some actual things that you do? Um, so one every day, um, hopefully first thing in the morning, it, you know, again, still, four-year-old. So yeah. we don't You're know. A entrepreneur. Like, yeah. here so we it, go. <laughs> wake up time is like still kind of, you know, a little bit up and down here. Um, at least she's sleeping through the night now though. So that is worthy of huge celebration Seriously, in this house. Go Ani. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, it literally took until four years old. So yeah. we are, we are happy dancing, you yeah. know, and if you wake up at five fifty, well then we will take it. Seriously, um, <laughs> same space, sister. Yeah. And I Amen. Because they see you on Instagram when I'm on. There. That's right. A <laughs> to the men. So, um, so it's it's a conversation with myself every day. Yeah. Period. And that conversation can be 
30 seconds to a minute. Mm -hmm. It can be five minutes. It can be an hour, mm -hmm. but it is with um, a journal of some sort. It is uh, closing my eyes, going in saying, what does my soul need? What it like, what is here for me today? What will you have me do today? And just literally going in and, and just letting that come through. And some days it's easier than others. Some days it's tough. Some days it's like you get like one sentence and, and I'm, and then I'm wanting to pick up my phone or pick up my to-do list. And, yeah. and so those are times where I really push myself to, to step away from that even more because I know that that's usually reactive behavior and that means I'm out of alignment. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I get outside every day in some capacity. So today it wasn't as much as I wanted, but I literally went out barefoot in like the 40 degree weather with, but on the lake, it was like, it felt like it was 20 degrees. Yeah. I, um, I charged up in the grass a little bit just with my bare feet. And then I walked down to the, our dock little platform thing. And I put on this like really loud pink song and I just danced in the wind oh, by yeah. myself. And I like, had this like dance party. I was like, I wonder if Ben will see me and be like, what is she doing now? <laughs> but, um, that was what I needed today. You know, that was what I needed. And so I think because I, I am so, um, attuned to what's happening for me energetically. And I'm all, like constantly having that conversation. Like when it comes to like, what do you want to eat right now? What do you need right now? Um, uh, like, what do you want to do tonight? What, what is the priority? I'm so, and I, here's the thing, this is the difference maker. And this was the thing that I didn't used to do. Yeah. I used to shame myself for wanting what I wanted. Mm -hmm. I used to get mad at myself for thinking, for saying, Oh man, I want some dark chocolate tonight. And I would like do the game. Yeah. Now, whatever I ask for, I do mm -hmm. because I do what's best for me now. So that means like, I'm going to ask for, to go for a run, or I'm going to ask to have a green smoothie, or I'm going to ask to go to bed early, mm -hmm. or, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sabotage myself anymore yeah. in the ways that I used to like I've changed my diet dramatically. I'm a vegetarian. I'm working on being, becoming a vegan. Um, homeschooling does not feel like that does not feel awesome. I'm going to tell you like that feels yeah. hard. It feels yeah. Right now, it feels harder than it does awesome, but I know that the, the philosophy and the reasons beneath it are so strong for us as a family and for, for our daughter specifically. Like, I think you have to think of your children individually. Totally. And, um, but I just, I, I, I follow through on those things and I trust myself. I'm, I'm trusting myself now on whole new levels. And, um, and so I think that like, that's what I do for myself every day. And it's like pretty much an all day thing. I think the one place where there's still room for growth would be, um, my schedule is, it's still a little too like, uh, as my best friend, Rachel Canfield and I say like on roller skates going backwards, mm -hmm. like it's still too, some, too many days. It feels like that. And I don't, um, I don't get enough beats in between and I really need them. You know, I just, I really need to be, I am an ENFJ. Like I'm an extrovert. Um, in my work at least, but I really need a lot of that like solitude, recharge, quiet time. Yeah. And when I feel myself getting a little like resentful when the time is up and I have to go back and do something that I know that I'm a little too overcooked and yeah. now we got to kind of like go to ground zero and, and we got to be more mindful and do that even better. Yeah. So huge. And it's so important. And I think for, for so many people, you know, they're in the pressure cooker state, yeah. you know, yeah. and they forget that and I mean myself included, right? Like, well, my, yeah, but my natural state is pressure cooker. So, yeah. like my my Karen, my spiritual mentor, like beloved friend Karen Kenny says, you are a pressure cooker, and Ben is a slow cooker. Yeah. And so, like that is our family dynamic. That's real life, right? Yeah. And I'm like, 
I'll ask him a question and he'll, he takes a long time to answer me. Cause he's really, he's thinking, and I'm like, like just yeah. ready to like explode my top off because I'm like, I'll just answer for you, you know? And that, <laughs> I go to, to that is like, I know probably many of the women listening to this are like, that's yeah. me, my husband. Yeah. Um, that's not good. You know, like why can't I just be calm enough to wait for my husband's answers? And also he doesn't need to be a slow cooker about everything either. Mm -hmm. So like, let's meet in the middle and like be a normal stove. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You've done a lot of, um, like stove and like yeah. toasting references. Like <laughs> I know. <laughs> Oh, I love it so much. All right. I could go two different ways um, with like the segue into the next section, but I'm going to go with this way. How is it now where you are knowing that you are working with women who are where you were, right? Because we always talk about that. that our our ideal uh, ideal client is who we were five minutes ago, five days ago, five years ago, whatever it is. Yeah. But how, how is it that you feel? And then what is your kind of like guidance system for them? Knowing that these women are looking at you saying, I want what you have. Like, and I've said it to you, like, mm -hmm. I can't, I can't wait to be where you are now soon. And I, I feel like for, I mean, my own work, my own like internal work that I've done this year is to recognize that like, but I'm not there yet. And that's okay. I will be someday, but in my version of it, yes. right? But, like, right. So how does that feel for you knowing that at one point you were in those shoes mm -hmm. and then what do you say to those women? Particularly, I mean, the mastermind, we have 30 women in there that are all, I mean, super aligned and like have a lot of similarities, but have a lot of differences too. But they're all looking at you saying, okay, help me get to where you are. So like, mm -hmm. how does that feel? And then what's your next step? How do you take that individually with each person and allow for them to kind of step into who they are? Mm. Well, I think that, um, it can be really intense if I think about it that way. Yeah. And there've been times that I have where I let that translate into pressure and then like expectation. And then yeah. this feeling of, oh man, like I I'm responsible somehow for their success or not, but that's actually crazy. Yeah. And that's actually been a thing I've had to work really hard on because, um, being a one-to-one -one coach and people are paying you a lot of money and you still have worthiness stuff underneath the surface. Mm -hmm. Uh, that is, that's, that's a tricky little place to be in. Yeah. Totally. And, and, and I know that because I've dealt with that, my clients are dealing with that right now. Mm -hmm. And so my job is to help them. Um, and here's the thing, like, here's the magic of this. It's like sort of like a, the matrix, right? Like there's like parallel universes happening at the same time. And so yeah. Um, as I say to you guys in the mastermind all the time, like watch what I'm teaching you, like specifically the content, learn from the content, but also learn how I'm teaching you and yeah. make some choices Huge. about what, what works for you, what doesn't, how you could adapt this, how you could disruptivate this, like, you know, learn, learn the, and both. Like I watch my, my mentors exactly how they roll out programs yeah. and I take, I make hybrid versions of things because I know my tribe and I know also what would have worked best, better or best for me. And then I edit that to be of greater service to my tribe because my tribe is a former version of me. And yeah. I want to give them the things that I did not have at that moment on the journey. Mm -hmm. It's a really important distinction. So, um, so I think that that that's like one major piece. I think the, 
One thing that I want to go back to um, when you were saying, you know, like, I'm, I'm just like, I can't wait to get to the next step. One of the big things that I've shifted this year, and I learned this actually from my friend, Josh um, Giles, who is my videographer, mm-hmm. who did these amazing videos for um, the summit. And then for my, just my brand story video, which is an amazing story. Yeah. It's so like, oh my gosh, the first time I saw it, I just bawled. Um, I did too. <laughs> oh man. You know, it's like, it's not my story, but I was like, Oh my gosh, but it is like, it's everybody's story, yeah, you know, is. like, and he did such an amazing job. Like the way that he wove Ani, you should put the link to it so people can check it I'm out. Like to, in the show notes, I will do Yeah. That. Like yeah. he, like the way he started it with Ani running, but you couldn't see her face. So it's like yeah. inner child for all of us. And then he closes it with inner child. Like yeah. she lives in all of us, right. You know, we do a lot of that work too. in our, in the mastermind and in all the programs that I do. Um, yeah, so, and I've been noticing that a lot for Cameron with me, my oldest, yes, son especially. Yes. He's he's four and a half, right? Mm-hmm. Like same same thing, and and it's just interesting. And I'm grateful for you to, for even bringing that up to me mm-hmm. um, because now I recognize it at such a deeper level, and it's right. enhanced so much for me. Well, and I think for us as parents, um, that we um, we I I feel so profoundly blessed that I get to be Ani's mom, and I never take that for granted. Um, because the truth is, is she has been, she is my greatest teacher. I mean, she has been the, the reflection, the mirror, the reminder, um, every moment. And so this is a good sort of connection to what I was going to say about what Josh said to me one, one day we were texting and, and, um, and I said like, Oh, I can't wait. And he said, Oh, you know, he said, I've made it a real point to not say that anymore. And I said, Oh, that's so good that when we say that we can't wait, it means that we're not present for what's here. And we feel like that there's something better that we're not, that we're not good enough to have yet. Yeah. And so, and when you think about that in the context of being a mom, and I know that it's hard, but like, I've really tried to be mindful of every season of Ani's life thus far Mm -hmm. to be right where my feet are, because I cannot get these moments back with her. And I will, I will cherish and remember these memories forever. And I'll remember and cherish them even more because I allow myself to really be present for them. Yeah. Yeah. So I think about that too, in this tender state of being a, an entrepreneur, like I, um, I don't want to forget what it felt like to step on that stage the first time at the summit with 95 people there. Mm-hmm. When, when in a couple of years, there might be a thousand people there, you know, like I don't want to forget the, the, I don't want to forget the girl who was courageous enough to dream big enough, right? To, to have the dream that I am now living. Mm-hmm. She was courageous enough. I'll say that again, to have the dream that I now get to live. And she didn't give up on it, Yeah, man. And so that is so incredibly sacred. And so I remind my, my tribe of that. And I remind myself of that every day. And I don't want to rush through my life. You know, my life is here for the living. It is for the experiencing of emotions and moments like this, you know, that like, this is so sacred to me. And, and I'm so fully here, you know, like you probably heard my stupid cat screaming outside the door and I'm like, just in this conversation with you. And this is a moment in time, you know, that we can't get back because the version of Jillian and Amber in December, 2017, like they're on rocket ships. And so this time next year, like who knows what it's going to look like? It's insane. And we'll also be parents of, you know, like five, six year olds and, and things are going to be so incredibly different. I might have a whole year of homeschooling under my belt. Like that's insane. I don't, I don't even want to try to think about what that is. I just want to do it right now, the bet to the best of my ability and enjoy the process. One of the things that I think 
Um, I mean, there is just so many little nuggets that I've taken from you in learning throughout the past six months. But one of the best things that I keep going back to is just totally in alignment with that. And that's stop comparing yourself now to the future version of you. Yeah. Like yes. let yourself now have this amazing moment in time and mm-hmm. let the future version of you be grateful for this moment when you're there. Like, yes. Like do your podcast without the microphone guys, like wear earbuds, like launch the graphic from Canva and and it's okay if it's kind of janky and it's not the best thing ever. Like put the website up and go live and it, the words don't have to be perfect, but you have to start. And when we compare ourselves to that future version, who's not even here yet, you're doing such a disservice, not only to yourself, but the people that really need you, which are coincidentally former versions of you as well. Yes. Oh my gosh. All of it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. You're so welcome. I guess the final like big question I want to ask you is, um, we're going to, this podcast is going to go live end of December, beginning of January, 2018. So as we're stepping into the new year, how do you dream the big dreams, but also like hone it in enough where it feels good? I know that, and I'm asking this totally for myself, right? Because that's, and you even say this too, like the point of the podcast is so that you personally can learn and then you're followers totally. yes. learn via that. But so I personally, I'm a huge dreamer. Like I've got no problem with the big dreams, but you and I have talked about that. Sometimes I think those big dreams come from a place of wanting to prove to myself or prove mm-hmm. that I can, or like, yeah. you know, going back to that, that achiever mentality of like, I want the pat on the back as I'm, as I'm doing the thing. So how would you best, um, like recommend, I guess, or just tell me your thoughts on dreaming the big dreams, but doing it from a place of truth and of love and not proving and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll use the example and analogy of, um, I, I think I wrote a post about this or did a, uh, I don't know if I did a podcast on why I threw out my vision board yeah. and, um, what I find so often with, with myself and with my tribe is that when we set these really big goals, like they're awesome, you know, they have to be in your mind's eye. And here's the thing, just the simple fact that you had the, the download of the dream is proof positive that it is for you. Yeah. You wouldn't, it wouldn't be in your, it wouldn't be like, I have no dreams of being like a drag car racer. Like that is not on my, no, like that, that doesn't feel exciting to me. Like I don't want to be an Olympic horseback rider, not interested in those things. Right. Um, but I am going to be a published author. I know this, right. I, I, um, actually I am going to be a singer in some, you know, expanded capacity from just singing national anthems at live events. Um, because that's joy for me. I am, um, going to travel cross country with my family. Uh, I am going to make a million dollars in a year. Um, I, you know, like, I just know all these things are going to happen. And I, and I like, I just believe them in this, like I am capacity. And I, and I also am completely unattached to the timeline of when they're going to occur. And I'm also in the space of like those things, as I say them, they feel playful to me. They feel like they bring me joy. Um, and the problem I think what I see with vision boards a lot, that you have people like have it right there. I see every day, wake up, it's right there. It's like staring me in the face, like Oprah's there and Jack Canfield and you know, the mansion and all this stuff. And then, and then like they have a hard day and they're like, I'm so far away from that. Mm -hmm. And so the vibration, the energy that they're putting out into the universe is basically 
they're literally law of attracting the thing they don't want. Yeah. Their law of attracting scarcity rather than the abundance of the thing that's like on its way to them. And you can, it's like a dial you can turn up or turn down in terms of intensity, volume, and, and, and the, the speed at which it's going to occur. Yeah. And it's like, you can play with it. You know, you can, you can play with it by just like saying you want, one of my favorite books is um, this book by a woman named Pam Grout called E Squared. Mm. And it's an awesome it's book so for good. teaching manifestation. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. You could manifest like tomorrow. I'll give people listening to this a little assignment. Pick out, let's just do... Um, cars that are colored like burnt orange, like an orange colored car. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're all going to, we're all going to see orange colored cars tomorrow, burnt orange colored cars. Visualize it in your head, everybody picture it, whatever. It doesn't matter what kind of car, but it's just orange, which is just not a normal color of a car. Right. Yeah. I guarantee you guys are all going to see multiple burnt orange colored looking cars tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I guarantee it. You are 100% going to see burnt orange colored cars tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. So when we get that in our heads and then we like, we start to notice it, recognize that if you can manifest silly burnt orange cars, then don't you think you could manifest more money in your bank account or um, more awesome clients to work with? Like it's all the same. Yeah. And the only thing that varies from it is the value that you attach to it. Yes. And the story that you wrap around it around why you're not worthy of the things that you want, which goes all the way back to the giving yourself permission to want what you want. And so um, I think for me, I don't get too attached to these things. You know, I don't, I'm just at the place where it's like, uh, we'll just see what happens. And then more fun stuff happens, you know, like more, more excitement, more miracles, more surprises, more, more awesome invitations. I got invited to speak at an event in October up in Toronto today. Like more cool things are just going to come on the path because I'm just, I'm an open vessel to say, I don't need to know exactly how this thing is going to flush out. I am just open to receiving the pathway to it. And I'm going to enjoy the hell out of the ride. Amen, sister. Thank you for that. Okay. A couple, um, just like fun questions for you to just wrap this up because like, that's what we do. Um, what's your theme for 2018? Oh, good question. Um, the word right now is embody. So that's really what's coming up for me is embody 2017 was trust. And I really needed that. And it, it was, it worked. In fact, my, um, my bestie paints these little rocks for me with my word. Yeah. And so this was here. So I've asked for the embody one as well. That's so awesome. Um, and I am going to take your recommendation from our call and, um, have decided like actually journaled on it. Trust is going to be, um, going to be my word for next. It's a good one. It's a, um, it's a, it's a life changer. That one. Yeah, I'm ready for it. Um, what is your favorite color? Pink. <laughs> I love Me that. and Ani, we love pink so much. <laughs> I love it so much. And then my last question, um, because I actually like to start all of my podcasts where it's just me chatting um, with this gratitude moment. But Amber, what are you grateful for right now? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's it feels like silly to say everything, but you know, it starts, um, with my family, but they're, they are reflections back to me of what's possible within me, you know? And so I think every single person on my journey, you know, like I can, I can literally sit and think of every client I've ever worked with. Cause I know them all, you know, I can see their families. I know their stories. I know their faces. I have a, a magnificent capacity to hold space and it is such a joy and honor to get to do that. And, um, <clears throat> I can really receive what God was telling me through them 
about what is true about me. And that was the thing I tried to run from. Mm. And, um, this was, this is the download that comes next is that Jillian, if you are as magnificent as you are, right. As like the way, like I, it'll make me cry. <laughs> if you are that magnificent, then of course I am too. You know, like, and, and of course I am worthy of, of the love that I feel for you and for the women that I get to serve the yeah. love that I feel for my daughter. I mean, the, the realization that I am worthy of that too is what brings me to my knees. And it's also the thing that, um, helps me get up every morning and feel alive and feel so energized and so excited to do what I do and to know that, um, it's not about me and it, and it is about me all at once. Yeah. And it's this symbiotic, like beautiful relationship. And, um, I, I just get excited to, to see like, wow, like what's going to, what's going to come across the path next? Like, what can I learn next? Mm-hmm. And there will be really hard physical things that I'm going to experience as a human, um, losing people I love and all that. But in all of those experiences, there's, there's, there's equal parts, brilliance and, uh, learning. And yeah. so I'm just, I mean, I'm just so grateful to be on this, this like spiritual human journey right now, um, doing it with people like yourself. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, right back at you, sister. Oh my gosh. Thank you for that. As we're both falling over. <laughs> yeah. We did well with that one. Good job. We, did. we didn't lose it. <laughs> Hey, where can, um, where can people find you? Where, what, I mean, you're everywhere, but like, what's, where can we, where can we pinpoint people to you? Yeah. So go to the website, you guys, amberlillistrom.com. Just check out what's there. Lots of blogs. The podcast is, is over there too. The Amber Lillistrom show. Um, and then I, I'm on Instagram. Yeah, I'm on Facebook too, but Instagram's my jam and yeah. I do Insta stories every day. And it's like really the behind the scenes of just like mamapreneur life and the silliness. And I'm like pretty ridiculous. So I don't hide that from my Instagram life. <laughs> it's so good. It's yeah. so good. And I would put out there too that you've got your Ignite Your Soul Summit coming yeah. in April. That's great. Thank you. Um, right in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. So yes. New Englanders, I, come on down yeah. and beyond. We've got people traveling. We've got we've got people all over, people from Canada, people um I don't know if we have anybody from Europe yet, but uh, all over North America coming yeah. this year. Yeah. Well, and I'm going, friends. So if you want, I mean, you if, if you want a date, like I'm already going to come gonna on down. So, Jillian yeah. Bolands will be in the house, and we're already halfway there on tickets. So oh, don't dilly dally, um, because you know Chris and Lori Harder are going to be speaking, and they haven't even promoted it to their tribes yet. Yeah. So when that happens, I have a, that, which is going to happen at the start of the new year. Yeah. Um, those last hundred tickets are going to sell out pretty fast. So if you guys want to have, um, an experience of an in-person, like totally transformational life altering weekend. And I mean, I mean that literally yeah. like oh, it's yeah. no, there is no hesitation. The people that came to it last year, if you watch the promo video on the website, like their lives just soul yeah. expansion and beyond. Um, so join us, just come and have some fun. We'll be lots of dancing, lots of, lots of movement, lots of really fun surprises that I've got up my sleeve this year for you guys as well. Oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Oh I know. Well, I mean, I can, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm really excited and I can wait cause I really, I enjoy the process of getting ready for it. Yes. I'm, I'm in, tr- I'm in summit training mode, like, uh, physically, spiritually, emotionally. I'm, it's like, 
all of the co-creative forces are like in this beautiful downstream flow. Yeah. And that's and like, that's how we do this thing. It's so good. And thanks for bringing that back around with you. Yeah, girl. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you a million times over for doing this. And again, I, I am in this seat right here at this time because I listened to you on a podcast and you have just really helped to, to show me that my wings work, right? Yeah, they do. Oh girl, you got some wings over there. (laughs) Yeah, you do. Oh Oh, man. Thank you. I love you and, um, just appreciate you and your tribe. Thank you. Thank you. All right, friends, you heard it here. I will post all the, um, links to everything in the show notes and Amber, you are amazing. Thank you. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Morning Sunshine with Jillian Bolands. If this served you, if this moved your heart, if this made you feel empowered in any way, I would feel so grateful if you went over to iTunes and left me a rating and review so that we can get this sunshine out to even more people every single day. And as my thank you to you for doing so, and just my ultimate gift of honoring yourself for being here, I'd like to invite you to head on over to www.jillianbolands.com forward slash free gift. All one word. This will get you my transformational time management tips, a beautiful compilation of everything that I do as a busy mamapreneur, wife, soul sister, homeowner, all of that to really honor the time that I have and In this tool, I will give you all sorts of different affirmations, mini tools to help you start to utilize your time in a way that's empowering to you and can help you feel most fulfilled throughout the day. Again, it's JillianBolands.com forward slash free gift. That's my gift to you. And it will also give you the opportunity to join into my free group on Facebook, which is the Transformational Journey Tribe. I can't wait to be able to serve you on all these other different platforms. And again, it's my thank you to you. Have a wonderful day and good morning.